0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Passholders Guide podcast. My name is Adam, and I'm here to share some tips, tricks, and secrets to the theme park capital of the world. You may be wondering, who am I? I am a Florida native, a Central Florida local, and I've been a seasonal or annual passholder to every theme park here in the Central Florida area. Not to mention I used to work for one. Each show, I'll be here to entertain you, maybe even educate you on a particular topic, as well as go over some up-to-date news and announcement at each park. Lastly, we're going to have story time. Those are going to be some cast member, team member, and ambassador stories. Hopefully, we can throw in some interviews, some other tidbits, and I can um, bring you one hell of a show.
1: Please, I know you're
0: alrighty everybody, if this is your first show, welcome. This is not your first show. Welcome back. We're going to continue our history lesson on the Disney parks and we're moving on to Epcot Center. We are going to look at the past, present and the future as well as the food and the festivals that make up one of my favorite parks. We all know that Walt Disney built Disneyland and Roy Disney built Magic Kingdom. Well, if you didn't know, take a look back at episode 3, but let's look at the creation of Epcot Center. After the success of Magic Kingdom, WED Industries, well now Disney Imagineering, was looking at creating a second park. Walt's original concept only had one park, with a self-contained city that would showcase new and upcoming technology. With Walt's passing, and the complexity of setting up a city, the original plan was changed. The new idea was two separate areas, one focusing on technology, and the other would be like a World's Fair. After the hard time the country was having, and the lack of funding, uh, we had Imagineers Marty uh, Scalar and John Hench push their two models together and boom, we had Epcot Center. Now the hard part was getting it funded. After a few position changes and a redesign of the shape of the World Showcase, Imagineers had a model that, they could, uh, that could be presented. This helped them hook their first sponsor, General Motors. That was in early January, 1978, and that vote of confidence would land them with another sponsor by the end of the month, Exxon. In October that same year, Card Walker announced the official creation of Epcot Center, with the official sponsors GM, Exxon, Kraft, and at and as well as ten different countries who were interested in being in the world showcase, this three-year project at the time was the largest construction project on Earth. It ran an estimated eight hundred million to one point four billion dollars. Now, uh, fun fact: the original groundbreaking was a year later, on October first, nineteen seventy-nine, and had Governor Bob Graham and former governors Hayden Burns, Clark Kurt and Reuben Askew, uh, representing the line of Florida leadership leading back to the original Disney World press conference in 1965. The two major sections of the park would now be Future World, which was focusing on science and technology, and the World Showcase, which would bring people and cultures from around the world. The largest attraction was the first fully geodesic sphere, known as Spaceship Earth or the Gulf ball and uh, it, its inspiration was from the 1967 International and Universal Expo in Montreal and the United States Pavilion built one that was about 90% whole. Originally the idea for Spaceship Earth was to run in a building behind the sphere, but that was changed to be completely housed within the sphere. Spaceship Earth stands 180 feet tall and its support pylons run almost the same length underground. On either side of Spaceship Earth is Future World. It is split between two sides, with the west side being more about the Earth, and that's where you find the land and sea pavilions, and the east side was focusing more on technology and the future of technology. Now, the Epcot that we got today is not the same as the Epcot Center that was built, as promised, October 1st, 1982. Uh, there were only two attractions, two, sh- two rides on opening day. That was Spaceship Earth and that was Living with the Land. Uh, They also only opened with 10 countries, with Morocco being the only one to join since opening day. Uh, That was in September 1984. Actually, that is on... As I'm recording this, it is currently September 7th, so happy anniversary to the Bronco Pavilion. Now, after that came the Living Seas and the entire Seas Pavilion, opening uh, just a little bit uh, before I was born in 86. And uh, one of the greatest fireworks shows that Epcot ever had was in uh, Illuminations in January 1988. Now, different rides opened up that have closed down since then. Uh, The big one, the one that we all miss, Maelstrom. Uh, That was in the Norway Pavilion in 1988. It took you on a boat ride through some. It took you on a boat ride explaining some of their history uh, of how they came from Vikings and uh, believed in trolls to where they are now with a lot of uh, oil drilling and fishing. A few other rides have opened and closed uh, since the beginning of Epcot Center. One of those was Body Wars, which was the same ride vehicle as Star Tours is at Hollywood Studios. Uh, It took you and injected you into a human body, and you got a simulated ride of what it's like to go through... uh, you know, go through the human body, we had Cranium Command in 89, which took you was a show about uh, p- the pilots of a, a human brain, and what it's like to be in a day, a day in the life of, uh, of a human. Um, another show we had was the making of me, which Took you through the conception and gestation and birth of a human, letting everyone know where exactly you came from. Um, big things opened in 1990. You had the international gateway, that is the entrance uh, or a a second gate between the UK pavilion and the France pavilion over on the west side of the in- of a world showcase. Another thing that was on the west side of Uh, of Epcot was Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. Now, that theater is still there, but it is used for different things here and there. As it opened up, it was a uh, great ride where uh, Wayne Zielinski shrunk the audience. And you know, just like the antics of the movies, he got into a little trouble here and there. Uh, You had, that was in um, November, 1994. And in 96, you had Ellen's Energy Adventure. That was on the east side and was hosted by Ellen DeGeneres and had guest stars such as Alex Trebek and uh, unfortunately is now closed. And the big things that was those were some of the big things that have opened and closed since uh, Epcot Center uh, was created. Now the more modern Epcot that we know now, uh, you've got rides such as Test Track, Journey into Imagination, uh, Mission Space, which has the intense and the regular version, other things such as Turtle Talk with Crush, Soaring Around the World, The Seas with Nemo and Friends, Uh, One of my favorites, the Grand Fiesta Tour, and there have been a litany of shows that come and go throughout Epcot. Um, One of the newest rides came in 2016, that was the Frozen Ever After, that is what the Maelstrom ride in Norway has turned into. Um, Say what you want, I miss Maelstrom and uh, myself, but Frozen Ever After, besides the long line, not a bad ride. Now the future of Epcot um, is almost here. We have the newest ride coming to Epcot. Is it is it is over in the France Pavilion? It is Remy's Ratatouille Adventure. That is currently in its testing phase. We've already passed the cast member testing. I believe they are on to their annual pass holder testing. And before you know it, they'll be doing some uh, soft opening and uh, allowing regular guests in before its grand opening on October first, the birthday of Epcot and the celebration of 50th birthday of the Magic Kingdom. Um, Coming soon, also, we have the Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. Uh, that is, now, Ellen's Universe of Energy was. It is going to be one of the largest indoor roller coasters and, and a very exciting things to come in Epcot. Now, all these new rides that we know today, didn't really start uh coming into the late 90s early 2000s so something else had to change and that is when epcot decided to do festivals so now i learned something new uh we're researching this topic the first festival that epcot did was actually the flower and garden festival that started in 1994 and there was a wine festival which only ran for a week in 1995. The following year, 1996, from September 27th to October 26th was the first official food and wine festival, which really kicked it up. Um, We started getting extra foods from around the world, uh, countries that were not in the world showcase, and it has evolved ever since to the food and wine festival that we know now. Now, you're getting dozens of extra countries to go uh, serving many different dishes of things that you would not be able to get without traveling the world, all while walking around the world showcase. So, not to mention, there's a few drinks that uh, go along with those and make it really great. Now, the Flower and Garden Festival did evolve to meet. The same expectations of the food and wine festival it just happens in the spring where food and wine is in the fall um, but in between those epcot decided and hey, we're just going to do festivals year round and we get the festival of the arts where a lot of uh, artists and vendors get to come in show off their artwork and ho- will hopefully uh, sell a few pieces And I don't know how, but I almost forgot to talk about the World Showcase. Now, World Showcase started as 10 countries. It was uh, expanded to 11 shortly, uh, about two years after Epcot Center opened. And Disney decorated all but one of those pavilions, and that was the Morocco Pavilion, where the King of Morocco actually sent one of his architects and helped... uh, Uh, Disney Imagineers get an authentic feel for that pavilion. So that one, you actually feel like you've been transported to the Middle East and you're in the middle of Morocco. Now these countries, uh, thanks to the International College Program, are, well, were staffed by actual people from those countries. Now it's pretty cool if you can, uh, catch one of them where you can strike up a conversation you can learn a lot about their home country from a native person of that country now those people are only here for you know a short time they study they work and uh, well they do a lot of playing there but but you can get an authentic feel of what it's like uh, to be from that country Now, a lot of these pavilions offer some uh, homemade cuisine, uh, such as the school bread in the Norway or Arendelle pavilion. Uh, You can also get some authentic French uh, wine and champagne, and you can't miss the beer in the Germany pavilion. Now, Epcot has a lot more to offer than what I uh, just what I've been able to talk about. Um, I plan on going uh, in-depth on the rides that are no longer with us on another show that'll be upcoming. I got a lot of research, a lot of uh, YouTube videos of some home movies to watch before I bring that one to you. But feel free to head out to Epcot you know try their rides try their food and don't forget to go around the world showcase and it's more than shopping and uh, hopefully we can get those international cast members back to get a more authentic feel Let's see what's going on in the news around here. So, news from SeaWorld their craft beer festival is still going on. That is over 100 craft beers, I believe 20 different food offerings to go with that. And their Hallow Scream event is set for September 10th. A nice kickoff there. Um, still waiting to see a map and uh, how that is going to take place. Um, but SeaWorld has also announced that their new roller coaster, Icebreaker, is officially set to open in February. So uh, be prepared for that. That is uh, right next to Shamu Stadium, uh, right outside of Wild Arctic, and their sister park over in Tampa, Bush Gardens, as uh, their new roller coaster is set to open in March of next year. So uh, first quarter, um, you know, springtime, going to be big here for roller coasters in central florida um but their biggest news is uh you know all that is outshadowed because universal's halloween horror nights is about to take off uh the team member previews are going on now though that first night of that was august 31st but officially september 3rd starts halloween horror nights so the uh now, Halloween Horror Nights is going to go on. Uh, Masks are still optional, but highly encouraged. But there will be vinyl dividers between um, in the houses between these characters and you. So, uh, not to worry. The not Universal is doing what they can to keep their uh, team members and their guests uh, as safe as possible. Now the Tribute Store is also open, that officially opened on the 29th of August. I've taken a step in there, it is awesome. The first room you come in is dedicated to the classic Universal Monsters, and the next one is all the hosts of their Halloween Horror Nights, including busts and portraits of all of them. Um, uh, Heading over to Disney World, uh, the cast member testing for Remy's Ratatouille Adventure is uh, happening now. Uh, pictures are pouring out from all the cast members. It's lovely to see them out having fun uh, and um, why that is getting ready to open, the NBA experience in Disney Springs has officially closed and will not be returning. Now, um, it was kind of a shame to see Disney Quest uh, go out of there, but you know, I don't think anyone's really uh, too worried, you know too broken-hearted about seeing the NBA experience uh, leave there. Now, um, Disney's Halloween event Boo Bash has completely sold out for its entire run through September and October. Uh, but tickets for the uh, new Christmas party have gone are, are about to go on sale. Uh, you're looking about $160 a night for uh, off nights and $180 uh, for you know the short event uh, for peak nights, so Friday, Saturday nights. Uh, Magic Kingdom is also testing a, their new fireworks late night. Um, that is after park close, as late as 1 a.m. So they haven't, you know, they have put out to their locals a little apology and you know, hey, bear with us, but you knew what you got into when you moved next door to a theme park. Now, um, I feel like I was that. Out? I feel like I'm missing something. Oh, that's right. The biggest news annual passes are back at disney world well they have been announced they are officially coming back starting september 8th that is uh, as a date of recording this is a uh, next week next wednesday uh, starting at 3.99 plus tax you have the disney pixie dust pass which uh, does include parking but has a lot of blackout dates uh, you could move up to the disney pirate pass uh, 6.99 which has less blackout dates but still in comes with parking. Or uh, we have the Disney Sorcerer Pass, which is $8.99. Even less um, blackout dates. Um, that one is available for uh, DVC members. And the Mac Daddy, the creme de la creme, the Disney Pass. That one is $1,300. Now, that one has no blackout dates, free parking, and comes with the most amount of park reservations now all of these however no longer come with Disney photo uh, photo pass and it is a uh, they don't have options to include the water parks in those passes those are all going to be additional fees if you want to add them on but It's nice to see that the annual passes are coming back. It's sad to see that the prices did go up and what you get with those has uh, gone down. So no mention as of yet of whether or not any of those passes are going to come with the new genie plus service uh, but unfortunately if you live out of state the only pass you are allowed to buy is the 1300 increda pass so uh, the first few levels are only available to florida residents so uh, we'll see whether or not i'll be getting a pass to disney anytime soon you know maybe if i'm a good boy santa will leave one in my stocking now you guys can stay up to date as much as I can g- keep you up to date on our Facebook page. It is at the it is at Passholders Guide Podcast on Facebook. Feel free to use the messenger to ask me any questions to, you know, tell me your opinions on what's going on. And uh, you can also reach out by email at Passholders Guide Podcast at gmail.com. Alrighty, everybody. Now on episode 8, I did tease we are going to be doing a giveaway for episode number 10. So stay tuned to episode number 10. Uh, it'll tell you how to enter, and uh, everybody is eligible. Doesn't matter if you're supporting me as a, as a friend, as a family, or just a random stranger that likes to talk, you know, listen to about theme park stuff from around the world. Now... I will tease you with this. It is going to be a two-part giveaway. So, um, you know, the first items have already been purchased. They are here. And the second ones uh, should be getting delivered in the next few days. So, you know, stay tuned. Episode number 10 should be out mid-September. And uh, we'll see uh, who gets to win. Alrighty, everybody, your tip here for the beginning part of September is going to be the same advice that I give you uh, Whether you're going to the parks or you're going to an event like Halloween Horror Nights Get there early, get there often, and go as long as you can So when it comes to theme parks be there at park opening yes sometimes it is a pain to get up early and to be at those front gates standing there waiting for security to open up the uh the gates but it is totally worth it personal experience uh, of took a few uh, new people to the parks with me we were there at park opening we had three rides in in the first hour we were there two of those being major rides and all making our days worth it now that same advice applies to special events like Halloween Horror Nights. If you can get in early, get in early. I also recommend especially for those events, go as early as you can. Those events run normally for about two months, go in month number one in this case, go in September, go during the week and get there as many times as you can if you have multiple day passes. So. If you want the most of Halloween Horror Nights, it's only going to get more packed as you get closer to Halloween, go in September, go during a school day, less lines, more houses for you, and a lot more fun. alrighty it is story time I have a new uh, person here so uh, guys somebody you guys have never heard of his name is Jay and he has the benefit of being well a former cast member and a former team member so he's got lots of stories hopefully he'll share a few with us Jay when I say story time what do you think
1: what do I think uh, I'm thinking of a story from Universal honestly that comes to mind uh, It's rather short, but shocking, to tell you the truth. It was a normal day uh, working at the Hogwarts Express, and there was a bit of a commotion. Turns out that in front of Forbidden Journey, a uh, gentleman decided to try and take a little girl from their family and uh, like kidnap kidnap her, honestly. He snatched her in front of Forbidden Journey and ran all the way up to the Hogwarts Express, because most of the time people think that there's an exit there which is, it's just our exit of the attraction. Uh, but he fell with the little girl and security got to him and stuff like that right there in front of us, in front of our greeter. And uh, yeah, that was, a, that was an experience right there. You, you normally hear about people, you know, kidnapping and stuff like that, but you never really think about it, especially when you come to work at such a busy place as a theme park, you know? And here he is just snatching a little girl. I believe the girl was maybe three, four years old. And stuff like that. And uh, he just decided to take her. And uh, luckily they caught her. I mean, caught him. And uh, I don't know where he was going because there's no exit back there. (laughs) And stuff like that. But uh, security nabbed him in front of us. Uh, Guests, honestly, were very upset. Clearly, Uh, they proceeded to kick him every now and then when he was on the ground before security had gotten to him. Because, uh, you know, leave it to a situation like that where everybody bands together you know say what you want about certain things but don't try and steal a kid you know people will go ahead and uh attack you for that (laughs) so yeah that was a that was an interesting story at universal there
0: yeah you're gonna get your justice from the public there and and being a father of a young child i'm sure i would have uh, joined in but Mm
1: -hmm. i have a little one myself so
0: (laughs) you can't make this that stuff up but this is the stuff you just love to hear
1: yeah sadly i i mean i wish it was made up um it was uh honestly a bit shocking to tell you the truth because like i said you don't you, you know you hear you hear about it but when you witness it that's when like reality sets in and you're like oh, oh my god uh <laughs> this can literally happen at any moment there are how do i say it like there are people out there who think that they can do this and uh to do it at a i mean they were probably on vacation you know, having a great time about to go ride Forbidden Journey, which is an awesome ride and stuff like that. Also one of the greatest cues I've seen as well. Like I don't mind waiting in line for that ride because the queue is amazing. And next thing you know, you're being snatched up and ran away by a stranger.
0: And you're, if you're going to go all the way through the queue, you might as well go on the ride and do that afterwards, but no, never mind. How about we just don't do that at all?
1: Exactly. Right. Just maybe not do it. Uh, just go through the queue, ride the ride and go about your day.
0: That's <laughs> right. You know, we'll, we'll leave the kidnapping for, you know, never.
1: Exactly. That's, that's not a thing. Just don't take someone's kid.
0: <laughs> well, Jay, we appreciate you sharing a story with us. Um, anybody else if you know a, a cast member a team member an ambassador anybody who works at a one of our lovely theme parks here in the theme park capital of the world let, let, head uh, point them to the the facebook page uh, the email pass holders guide uh, podcast at facebook or pass holders guide uh, podcast at gmail let i want to get their stories i want to get stories like this out and you know you know jay you know put a few years in. So he's seen a few things, but I want to, I want to know what everybody's seen. So um, send them to the Facebook to send them to the email, send them to the messenger. I'll read it. I'll read stories out, you know, anonymously just so, you know, nobody gets fired. So Jay, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story and hopefully we can get you back on again.
1: Oh, thank you for having me and I'd love to come back on. I got plenty of stories. <laughs>
0: That's everything for this episode of the Passholder's Guide Podcast. Thank you for joining me. I hope I've left you with some tips, tricks, or secrets to make your park experience better. In the meantime, join us on Facebook or Instagram at the Passholder's Guide Podcast, and don't forget to hit that subscribe button for alerts on the latest episodes. Until I see you again, have a safe time at the parks.